0: This
1: is the way. Is, I am I am. Hello critics, non-critics, and friends, welcome to the Film Optics Podcast, where we take a glance into blockbusters, indie films, and everything in between. I'm your host, Christian, and today I'm joined by my good friend, slash my co-hosts, Devin, alongside Mike Thomas, returning from the Chatter After slash Collider slash Amateur Otaku Podcast, and today we're going to be giving our views and insights on the seventh episode of the HBO original series, The Last of Us, again, which is based on the video game of the same name. Episode seven is titled "Left Behind," and before we begin today's episode. You can listen to our podcast on podcast platforms around the internet. That includes Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and more. And if you are a new or seasoned listener to the show, we would love to hear from you guys. Follow us on Instagram and follow us on Twitter at FilmOptics. That is optics with an X. Or you can email us at FilmOptics at gmail.com for any movie-related questions. Boys, gentlemen, gentlemen. What's going on? How's everyone's week been? It's really nice to have Mike back on the mic. I'm sorry. That was a really bad Uh, bad joke.
0: (laughs) That was awful. But if it makes you feel any better, if it makes you feel any better, whenever we're talking My Hero Academia on the Amateur Otaku, my screen name always changes to Present Mike because puns are
1: stupid. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, it's very fitting for... This episode a little bit and previous episodes, but it's, it's great to have you back. We didn't want to leave you behind this episode. We want to, you know, make, make sure you're with us uh, throughout this journey.
0: I appreciate that. I really appreciate you not leaving me behind, which is a the
1: theme of <laughs> this entire episode.
2: <laughs> I, got, I
1: got you, babe. I got you, babe. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you're all I need to get by. There you go. <laughs> great, great song. <laughs> yeah. Guys, if you make it to the
0: end of this episode, congratulations. You endured and survived these terrible puns.
2: Yes. <laughs> it's the name of the game with this show, specifically. There's a whole book. Yeah.
1: A whole book. But, Mike, how has your uh, weekend been, and what have you been watching lately?
0: Yeah, my weekend's been great. I've been watching Moon Girl and Devil Dinosaur on Disney+, Plus, which is a fantastic series uh, from the creators of... Kim Possible Futurama there's a lot of talent behind that show and we have an interview with the producers over at the chatter after so that was a lot of fun um, beautifully animated great series and just you know crying my eyes out with another episode of the Last of Us that's been my weekend so far and yeah it's it's been an emotional roller coaster. Thankfully I had some some animated shows and stuff to lift my spirits a bit after this one because
1: oof yeah definitely devin oh devin my right hand man what's going on how's your weekend been and what have you been watching
2: it was a pretty solid weekend got out got out and hung out with the boys and um i caught up on poker face it's definitely a very very entertaining show got ryan johnson all over it
1: thanks yeah i like it i need to add that to my list i do too there's there's a lot of things i still have to finish season two of the white lotus but i got distracted this weekend I've been Harry Pottering it up by playing some Hogwarts Legacy. Yeah, I've
2: been been deep in that world, too.
1: It's so, like, I haven't felt this much excitement, or I haven't felt the need to explore this much in a video game in a long time. I know God of War Ragnarok's out there, but for some reason, I was like, I just want to explore every nook and cranny of Hogwarts Legacy. And it
2: has been a blast. It reminds me of Spider Man in that way. Like in Spider- whenever I play Spider Man, I do every little side quest, every little collectible, like yeah, because it's just fun. It reminds me of that.
1: Yes, it doesn't feel it's... like a chore, and I think that's the big part of it. That's why I like about Insomniac games is when you do their uh, if you are trophy hunting for that platinum trophy. Doing the requirements or um, you know the the tasks don't feel daunting. They don't feel pointless. They feel like a lot of fun. And Mm -hmm. with Harry Potter or Hogwarts Legacy, there's something with the mechanic of the game where it like kind of pushes you to like want to explore. Like it's not just oh you know you can go here 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 and here. But it's it's hard to explain. But my gosh, man, it's. It is a fantastic game, and I'm so happy that it exists. Something that, you know, everyone's been asking for for a long time. And, you know, Portkey Games, they've been hard at work. You know, they're also releasing this for last-gen consoles for the PS4 and Xbox One. And they're taking their time with it. They're not just, you know, pumping out everything at once or it's like, oh, well, you know, it doesn't run as well on you know last gen consoles i feel like they're trying to optimize the game for last gen uh players as well so everyone can enjoy it and i believe it's actually also coming to the switch from what i heard not sure but yeah that was pretty much my weekend in a bubble and i watched the first scream movie um to kind of you know get that kicked off i'm going to try to go through all of them before i watch scream 6 this coming up friday on march 3rd so that's going to be a lot of fun. <laughs> I
2: also watched Scream 4 over the weekend.
1: Ah, oh, so good. Good rewatch. It's so good. It's, I actually think Scream 4 is probably like my second favorite. I mean, the first one's, you know, amazing. Like, it's really hard to kind of top that. But Scream 4 is chef's kiss. It's, it is fantastic. Amazing twists. And I love it. But, ladies and gentlemen, what's up? I was just gonna say
0: scream is fantastic. you can't go wrong with any of them really in my book,
2: even the dumb stuff is' just like it's fun, dumb stuff,
1: yeah well i I feel like it's one of the more or one of the most consistent like slasher franchises out th- out there to be completely honest, but it's it's just a fun time, and you know it's like a little you know who done it like what's the motive? It's very meta. But very excited for Scream 6. I'm like, oh, just, just give it to me. I'm, I'm, I'm ready to dive back into that, into that world. But enough chitter chatter of all of that housekeeping. Glad that everyone has had a wonderful weekend. But as I mentioned before, for our listeners out there, we're going to be covering episode seven of The Last of Us, which hit this past Sunday on February twenty-sixth. I almost said March twenty-sixth. I'm like, that's not right. <laughs> the year's <laughs> flying by already. <laughs> but we're gonna be getting into our initial reactions of episode seven. Then we're gonna hit our spoilers. We're gonna pass by a little bit of a tea lube trivia, and then we're gonna give our final thoughts and ratings on this episode, and then we will close out for the show. So Ladies and gentlemen, we'll be right back after this introduction to The Last of Us Episode 7. are back with our the last of us episode seven review again we're gonna hit our initial reactions first and the title of this episode is titles left behind so we're gonna get straight in to the nitty-gritty we're gonna pass it over to mike so he can give his initial reactions then we'll go to Devin, and then i will close out so mr thomas what did you think of this week's episode Let's take a quick break. Did you know that you can change what you taste by what you hear? How can you use sound to make a deeper connection with your clients? Can we be healed with sound? Sound influences people in their buying decisions and their daily lives. In the podcast audio branding, I explore all of this, both with my own observations as a voice actor of over 15 years and by interviewing knowledgeable professionals in the field of advertising, marketing, music, and science. To have a listen for yourself, visit audiobrandingpodcast.com.
0: Yeah, so Left Behind is a very interesting one because going off of what happened at the end of last week's episode, which is a crazy cliffhanger for those who don't know the video games, it's it's kind of weird that the the driving force of this is a flashback, an Ellie-centered flashback. Um, so that, that's kind of a hard sell, but once you get into it, I'm just completely invested, right? I love, uh, Ellie and her relationship with Riley. I think they portray that very, very well. It's also gives us another look at this entire world, right? We're seeing it from Ellie's perspective where, where she grew up and all that information is very different from what Joel has gone through. And so I think the world building there is just, extremely well done um, just because we get to see where she comes from and why she, she is the way she is uh, in contrast with Joel. I think that's very important as we move further along in the story to properly develop Ellie as a character. And so having that deeper understanding of who she is, I think that makes this episode really strong. Um, It's got those, those hard, hard emotional beats like any other episode of the last of us. So it gets high marks for that. The use of "Take on Me," I will never forgive Neil Druckmann for ruining that song for me forever. It used to just be a fun '80s bop, right? And now I just associate it with pain every time I hear it, and it sucks. <laughs> um, but yeah, those are my takeaways. It's a it's a <laughs> great episode. I know, right? Like he he ruined it. It's the
2: power
1: of music. <laughs> he did seriously. The power seriously. of
0: music, indeed. <laughs>
1: All right, yeah, Mike, I couldn't agree more. It has been a crazy ride this week's episode, like you said, flashback central, but it is a driving force. And I'll get more into my initial reactions here in a bit, but I'm going to pass it over to Devin so we can give his. Unless you had something else to say, I'm sorry.
0: I was just going to say it was it was great. I wanted to hear you guys' thoughts specifically because again. I watched all of this a, a little bit ago with the screeners, and they didn't have episode titles, and they didn't have previews. So it was very jarring. Going visual from, effects. <laughs> <laughs> visual effects were awful, uh, but that's okay. We, we all knew it wasn't ready. But I wanted, I wanted to hear your guys' thoughts because it was very shocking going straight into Left Behind without any previews or context for it. And it works for me for the most part, but I see a lot of people were kind of divisive on that. So I wanted to hear what you guys had to say.
1: Okay. Well, yeah, let's pass it over to Devin so we can give his thoughts on this week's episode.
2: Yeah, this was actually a very interesting episode for me because I actually had never played the Left Behind DLC. So this was all new for me. So it was a very, mm-hmm. very interesting to get, a, get get this side of the story. Um, what was always the old status for DLCs? like Especially when they first started coming out, people were like, oh, it's just stuff that's not good enough to make the main game. Like, that's all DLCs are. I guess there's that <laughs> negative stereotype, but I don't know. I don't know if that still holds up nowadays, but um, I definitely enjoyed this addition to the show. I guess you can call it a, a DLC for the show in, in in some ways. Just didn't have to pay for it. <laughs> yeah, I, I I agree with everything Mike said. It's just so cool to see more info, more info on Ellie's backstory, why she is the way she is, kind of her her military school-ish background. And I think um, Storm Reid cast as as Riley is just perfect. Like, it's the year of Storm Reid so far. Got her in Missing. She was great there. She's going to be in Euphoria coming up soon, hopefully. It's just the the year of Storm Reid, and she kills it every time. Um, I love seeing their relationship. Um, What was I going to say? It's just cool to see Bella Ramsey's just, these past two episodes specifically, just her her. Her acting and her portrayal of, of Ellie is just it's through the roof right now. Just the way she delivers certain lines, just even the way she looks at in certain scenes, like the dance scene. You can just tell by her body language that she is just. She, you can tell that she just wants to get something off her chest, and then and then she does, and that's a great moment. And um, we can talk about the ending later, but that might be the only issue I have for this episode. Other than that, just another great. Episode with some more background on these characters and just filling in the gaps that we didn't have before.
1: Yeah, I could not agree more. Absolutely. So, for my initial reactions, uh, to answer Mike's question, I, you know, I played, you know, the the DLC and just a, you know, a little bit of backstory for people who aren't gamers. DLC is shorthand for downloadable content. It was a huge thing back in like the early 2000s. Still, kind of, sort of is. But it was basically what Devin kind of said. It was either, oh, you know, we have an idea to either expand the story even further. Like there was planned DLC from the start. Or it was just stuff that wasn't necessarily as good to make it in to the um, base game that originally came out. But for Left Behind, I love how they actually titled it Left Behind because that is what this is. So we see that jaw is... Injured. It happens a little bit different in the game, but he is more conscious in the show than he is in the game. But overall, I I love this episode. I love how we are able to expand a little bit more about Ellie's life inside of the Boston QZ because, you know, she constantly talks about it in the games, constantly has been talking about it in the show, and has been dropping hints about her friend Riley throughout these seven episodes if you didn't notice I definitely recommend you to go back and rewatch and kind of pick up on those clues because she does mention that you know she had a friend and you know this this is from what happened last episode where she says you know everyone I've ever cared for has either you know died or left me and Riley outside of Ellie's parents, which she doesn't really know. Riley was probably that first person that we know of up to this point where, you know, she she had a crush on Riley. She was not able to protect Riley and she lost Riley in the process of them trying to express their admiration and love for each other and I thought this episode was great. I didn't know how they were going to tie this in to this episode because as we know for the uh, for The Last of Us Left Behind DLC came out a little bit later after The Last of Us hit in 2013. So that was originally supposed to be a part of the game, but I believe Neil Druckmann said at the time that the pacing just didn't work and it does work better as a separate story and i believe that this is actually a story that was adapted from a last of us comic so it was originally idea for a comic you know uh, Ellie's days within the qz and then they went ahead and created it for the game as well i'm not 100 sure i didn't have too much time to double check on that but if anyone out there you know knows anything different, just tweet at us at Optics—that that is Optics with an X, to let us know um, if I'm right or wrong. But yeah, overall, I, I just love this episode. You know, it's every single week has been completely consistent. Obviously, you know, uh, we are gamers. We know the ending of it. Well, besides Devin, because I didn't know Devin didn't play the DLC. <laughs> but
2: overall, Yeah, had me, had me on my heels the whole time. Didn't know what was going to happen. Could definitely get the sense, though.
1: Well, once. Once the last of us part one comes out on steam and it's a, a, a reasonable price for you to buy <laughs> for Devin to buy. Definitely just having to uh, the last of us uh, left behind because it is two separate things. Um, Cause they encourage you obviously to play the game first and then to play the DLC second altogether. But yeah, it's, it was a great episode. Like you guys said, storm Reed, It's fantastic. Bella Ramsey, is, like, it's amazing. Like, I don't know why people were so iffy on her. I'm like, this This girl was in Game of Thrones. Pedro Pascal is in Game of Thrones. I don't know what else you need to convince people <laughs> that these two people are right for the job. And Devin is right. Ellie is, like, at first, I was like, okay, I wasn't... Sh- it's not that I wasn't sure about Bella. I, I thought she was doing a good job, but took me a while to say, you know, this is Ellie, too. You know, it is a different version of Ellie. It is obviously not Ellie from the video games, but she shares a lot of the same characteristics. And she she acts her butt off. And it's I don't know. There's one specific
2: scene that I just got straight goosebumps with her delivery. It was just incredible.
1: Yeah, it's during the beginning of the episode, she's rummaging through all the cabinets like we do in the video games, trying to look for those ships, trying to look for those band-aids, those those ammos and whatnot. I'm like, yeah, if anyone wants to know how it's like playing The Last of Us, the video game, you spend 90% of your time doing what Ellie did during the beginning of this episode.
0: I swear The Last of Us trained me to do that in every game I play. Do you know how many chests I open in God of War Ragnarok? I yes. don't even need it anymore. <laughs> but it's just like you never know when you're going to need this hack yeah, silver. it's like I'm thinking back and it's like yeah, the, the Last of Us probably just ruined me for forever. I have to get everything just to be safe.
1: <laughs> exactly. That's how it was in God of War. Literally pretty much every game after the Last of Us, like anything in The Witcher, Wild Hunt, like anything in Hogwarts Legacy, anytime I see a chest, I'm like, if I can open it, I can open it. Sometimes you can't. just depends on where you are in the game, but like, yeah, like check everything. <laughs> <laughs> you never know when you're going to need it in a pinch. You never know. You're like, man. And then I, credits I'm, rolled.
0: <laughs> you have 500 unused items.
1: <laughs> it's like, oh man, like, oh my, 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 uh, my pack is full and it's like, oh, let's sell some of this stuff and get some money for it. (laughs) But yeah, to answer Mike's question, I, I loved it. I, I really did. I love how, you know, Neil and Craig are able to, or especially Neil in this episode, this is the first episode that he's written, I believe for the TV show and someone else directed it. I forgot her name. But it was just written so well. And, you know, this is a very personable story. And, you know, we it's we don't get as many action scenes. You know, there's a few differences between the left behind game and the DLC here. But I think it flowed very well together. Um yeah. and I was worried about that at first. But now I'm like, oh, this this works. I mean, they're still in that same situation, but you know, we have two episodes left and it's, it's all it's people think they know pain now. (laughs) That's all I'm going (laughs) to say.
0: So you're you're telling us that they still have no idea what loss is. No.
1: (laughs) Well, actually in this episode, we finally, you know, we are shown that Ellie, you know, that, that famous line, you have no idea what loss is that Joel tells Ellie, you know, we, we see that firsthand and the way for riley's fate you know it, it plays out the same way to, as it does in the game as in we do not see certain events of her transformation and you know the events therefore after but was there anything else you guys wanted to touch on in our non-spoiler section before we hit spoilers
0: yeah i mean let's just get let's get into the into the spoilers <laughs> oh. the dirty deets <laughs>
1: The Dirty Needs. Alright, ladies and gentlemen, we're about to hit into our spoiler section of The Last of Us Episode 7. So, that is your first warning for The Last of Us Episode 7 again. That is your second warning for The Last of Us Episode 7. So, if you haven't seen it, go watch it. But, we are now into our spoiler section of The Last of Us Episode 7. And, I got to say, I mean, me and Mike were kind of talking about this earlier. Um, Just first, right off the bat, Ellie is gay. I don't know why people are shocked for people who play the game who don't know that, especially part two and or the Last of Us, you know, DLC for Left Behind. I don't know if people have selective memory, but we're just going to put it out there.
2: Ellie's gay. (laughs) I, mean, I, get, I guess you can get you can get a bit of a pass for Bill because it wasn't like implicitly mes- mentioned at any point in the game. But Elliot's like, come on, you got to know. Yeah,
0: it, it's so funny. Sorry, God. No, I'm just saying it's so funny because like all, all these people are doing like I'm glad when I see somebody on social media say something dumb because I instantly know that they do not think and I can just block them immediately.
1: Yes because how
0: do you how do you call yourself a fan of this franchise and then go off about how it's now woke right Be- did you not play the last of us part 2 did you not play <laughs> left behind like even like devin's giving them a pass for bill i'm not i'm sorry bill is explicitly says my partner and he gives joel yes, a look, true. and then and then you pick up the freaking note on the tape you see this is why you got to grab everything cuz if you grab the note <laughs> on the table you would clearly see what they were trying to communicate with you. So yeah, yeah, these fake fans that are like extremely homophobic go away. Like that makes no sense.
1: It doesn't, it it, it literally just blows my mind because I knew as soon as they, you know, we're going to release this episode. I'm like, okay, like I know people are just going to be dumb about this. Like there's literally nothing wrong with number one representation for you know this this type of thing so it, it's like I don't get why it's like oh my god Bill's gay yeah he's gay so what all right yeah Ellie's gay too sweet like there it doesn't change it doesn't devalue their you know their their character they're still amazing characters I still love this franchise it, it's like it's so it's it shouldn't even be a big thing it's just okay it's their sexual preference cool <laughs> like i don't i've never understood that whatsoever i haven't seen too much for this week's episode i've i've seen a few people you know with youtubers and whatnot And i'm sure mike will probably get some comments when for the uh, beyond the clickers podcast when people are like oh it's woke garbage i'm like stop saying woke and it's like okay if you generally didn't like the episode feeling that it is filler that's you know okay. Let's expand on that. Don't just say oh well, it's woke. It's you know like oh Ellie's gay. This is so stupid.
2: It's like it's like how Ben Shapiro was like this is this is a supposed to be a zombie show, not a relationship show. No, that's incorrect. No,
1: <laughs> Craig Mason <Exactly> literally wrong. <laughs> right, Craig Mazin literally said that you know th- there's going to be action scenes, but this adaptation for HBO is going to be about. The characters. Now, I will say, I wish we would have gotten a little bit more of the clickers because there are a lot of sequences or action sequences in the game for um, Left Behind that really does heighten the the urgency. But I understand, you know, you you do have to cut corners sometimes, and you know, we've we've had a good amount of infected sprinkled throughout. The season, but it is more about the people and the relationships. And as Neil Druckmann has said, this entire show, this entire story, whether it's video game or TV is about love and the dangers of love, the, you know, the, the soft, sweet embrace of what love can offer. And, you know, just the, I mean, love takes so many different forms and sometimes it's good sometimes it's bad sometimes it leads to betrayal sometimes it leads to heartbreak sometimes it leads to you know marriage or relationships or you know just expressing the or wanting to tell someone how you feel because i was listening to the podcast and they were saying you know it's it's different when you are gay because When you have, when you have, they were saying how Well, Neil, not Neil, I'm sorry. Craig was saying how, you know, when Ellie is, you know, trying to sort out her feelings or trying to drop little hints for Riley, it's like, okay, she goes in for the kiss. And it's like one of the biggest risks she'll probably ever take because Riley could say, Oh, you know, I don't feel that way. Or, you know, I don't feel that way about you or, Oh, you know, sorry, that's not my sexual preference kind of thing. And then Riley could have had this whole different outlook on Ellie, not just from the simple fact that Ellie got rejected. you know, as hey, you know, I don't like you like that, but as a person altogether. So it's it's different. But I, I was listening to, it, I was like, oh, you know what? That is that's very true. When it comes to that, I, like I can see that you know happening. But I'm sorry, I'm on a rant here. <laughs> It has been crazy, but let me pass it over um, to Mike and then Devin. Was there any spoiler plot points you guys wanted to talk about in this section?
0: I'll let Devin go first, because he's never seen this story before, so I really want
1: to hear his thoughts. <laughs> that is true. Yeah, Devin, go, go ahead.
2: Yeah, the, the, the part I part I mentioned earlier where Bella Ramsey just kind of blew me away with the uh, delivery was when she first realized that she got bitten. Just that, like that like shock and like despair and pain all in one that you just you felt when she said no and that's in that in that moment that just gave me a a lot of goosebumps i was like whoa was not expecting Mm -hmm. that but that was that was definitely amazing just kind of how they sit down next to each other knowing what their fates are well i guess ellie doesn't know that she is a superhero but um (laughs) yeah they're they're not going to make it out of this one at least that's what they think and just the despair of that and everything and then I just loved that dancing scene. Uh, it was a great song first of all. And it was just cool seeing them with the masks on and then um Riley's a far superior dancer than Ellie and I think Ellie knows that, but she's definitely <laughs> got up there and gave it her best. Yeah. And then they take the masks off and they they have a nice smooch. and it's a very, very cool moment. You can tell Ellie was just it was just painful for her to not take that chance and then she finally did it and you can just mm-hmm. see the relief in both of them, which was really cool.
1: So, yeah, it is this entire concept of, oh, let's let's ditch school during, you know, a, a not necessarily an apocalypse, but, you know, post or post pandemic or this pandemic world, apos- apocalyptic world that we're living in. And we see that we see a little bit of Ellie's life within the QZ where you know, she, she's pissed that Riley left to go join the fireflies. And, you know, she, she gets the, the whole guidance counselor thing, you know, you're not living up to your potential. It's like, my God, like how many times have I heard that throughout my entire life? <laughs> very, very annoying. And I'm sure everyone else out there has some relatable uh, story with their teacher and or guidance counselor. And we find, we have a little bit more backstory as to why Riley left the Boston QZ because um, I believe it was uh, Sergeant Kwan or I, I can't really remember I do apologize but the the counselor and or the, the officer had put Riley on like sewage duty or garbage duty oh, yeah, it's like, yeah Dirty I, can, I can see why she left <laughs> but let me pass it over to Mike Mike was there anything you wanted to bring up during our spoiler section that we haven't already I apologize I've been chatting over here like chatty kathy all day
0: no no it's great it's great conversation i particularly love what you were just saying right we've seen the conversation with the guidance counselor a million times and i think that's one of the qualities i really love about this episode is that it's a coming of age story told within the confines of the last of us right and i think that to me is why this episode is so enjoyable even though again some of the negatives is, yeah, it's kind of fillery, considering, you know, Joel is dying for the majority of the episode. <laughs> um, but, yeah, so, I really love that, and I even love, you you mentioned um, you wanted a little bit more action in this episode, Christian. I think, for me, it kind of works, because it highlights the action we've had previously, right? Like, Ellie yeah. and Riley were barely able to take down this one uh, mm. stalker, I think. This is the phase of Transformation it's in right now. So it's a stop. Yeah, we got
2: one in this episode. We didn't have one last episode.
0: Yeah, yeah.
2: Our first stop. And like
0: they were fighting for their lives, and they, I would say they barely came away with without dying. But no, they pretty much died. Ellie just has the the, the start over health pack. <laughs> right? She had she had limited invincibility in that moment. She has that mod
1: turned on. She has a, she has a med kit.
0: Yes. <laughs> But it's like, yeah, so, and I think for me that kind of works because it shows why Marlene chooses Tess and Joel because they're the only ones who can possibly help her navigate this world. And I think uh, by having the limited action sequences probably just helps highlight and intensifies the ones we had previously, if that makes sense. And it also keys into Ellie not fully understanding the threat that they have been facing because like, when she first meets a clicker, she's freaked out because she's never seen one before. Mm. So I think it makes sense to kind of limit that for this one. And just, again, highlight that, that youthfulness in Ellie and highlighting that she is very much a child and she's dealing with childlike emotions with love, with survival, with her future, what she wants to do when she gets out of school. And like, I think all of those concepts are something that are really cool to introduce here because Joel is like 55. (laughs) And his outlook of the world is vastly different from hers. Like it's she grew up in this messed up post apocalyptic world, right? Like he experienced life before then. It's interesting to see her trying to navigate that as a young woman. So to me, that's why I really loved this this episode and all the details like Devin was saying with Riley and the nuances in those performances I thought were just really well done. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, it's it was a great episode.
2: Yeah, you you always love the um like the child the childlike wonder that Ellie has, and she just nailed that this episode. Like even an escalator, like that's a, a wonder of the mall, just because you've never seen it before.
0: <laughs> that um just makes me love her even more, right? In retrospect, because I want everybody to remember she's been infected. She was infected like two weeks before she met Joel, so all of this is really fresh for her. Mm -hmm. when we when she first gets introduced to Joel and Tess uh, in episode one. So the fact that she was able to put on the brave face and smile through it and still crack jokes with her joke book as they went on this journey, (laughs) and I know we do a little time skip a couple episodes ago, but I think that's just really powerful that she had to suck it up because that's just how life is in the world of The Last of Us, and that just makes me love... Those moments where we get those childlike wonder from her, even more.
1: I agree like 100% with both of you guys. The, the childlike wonder, you know, the, 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 it's like the innocent effect. effect. So like when, and this might be like a really long or like not, not a stretch of a correlation, but when, when you're watching or when, when I watch Dragon Ball, like the original Dragon Ball, it is, obviously the story about Goku, but it is also a story about a kid with an innocent heart. And obviously him being on a new planet, much like Superman, you know, everything is new to them. You know, they they are trying to navigate the world for the first time. You see Goku trying to understand, you know, what's the difference between a boy and a girl or just every small little thing, like between like what a car is and, you know, what school is and, everything when it comes to just learning what life is supposed to be about. But obviously with Ellie, you know, like we said, she grew up in the QZ. So when you have this elevator, like the first, you know, pseudo wonder (laughs) that, (laughs) that they kind of threw into the mix between her and Riley, like her face just lights up and she just has this, this, smile that's just so innocent and so pure where she's like oh my gosh you know I'm in like a little mini playground in this mall You know, we we see how there's a lot of set pieces with like Victoria's Secrets there was a small little GameStop uh, reference in there as well like you could barely tell it was there but like I noticed where it said GameStop like it was more in the background the the set design was just
2: amazing how they made this mall look
1: it was fantastic, and I just love all the small little references. You know, we get the, the taco, or, no, yeah, the, uh, the macho taco, and yeah. Subway's thrown in there as well. Like, the attention to detail was insane, and I, I love Ellie's childlike wonder when it comes to this episode. She was just having a ball. They both were, her and Riley together, just, you know, they they thought that they were safe and that they could have a normal life for once. But as they said in the Last of Us official podcast, the thing about this world is, you know, you can never be safe enough until, you know, danger or like a threat hits. And then that is when, you know, the the stalker comes out altogether. But I really have to commend HBO for requesting (laughs) to connect this story with, you know, Joel, because originally it was just going to be left behind. Like they weren't going to have the beginning episode, the beginning of the episode where, you know, Ellie is like rummaging through and Joel is telling her, I'm not going to make it. You need to go back to Tommy's. And that was a little bit of studio interference, but it worked because I feel like it needed that. Cause if it didn't, it was going to throw so many people off and it's just like, whoa, but so kudos to HBO for making that request <laughs> to the main story.
2: Also, I was going to shout out that um, I think it was interesting that they switched to Mortal Kombat because I know in the in the actual game, it's or at least in the original one, it's a fictional game that they made up. Yeah, um, I don't I'm not sure why they didn't do the same with the comic book. I know. Wonder Brothers. I know DC is struggling right now. You could have easily <laughs> threw in uh, a nice Superman comic, a Wonder Woman comic in there. Like I don't know. It seems like a missed opportunity.
1: I think so. Well, obviously for the for the video game that they're playing in the in the in the game, it was actually a reference to what The Last of Us was called before it became a video game. Before while Neil Druckmann was pitching it. And I'm drawing a blank on the name. I'm trying to see if it's in IMDb.
2: It was like The Turning or something?
1: Yes, The Turning. Yes, The Turning. That That is what The Last of Us was originally called when Neil was pitching it all together. Hmm. But um, the, the Turning, the video game, was obviously a play off of Mortal Kombat. So they couldn't really do that in the video game. But now, you know, they were able to do it with HBO because HBO is owned by Warner Brothers and Warner Brothers also owns Mortal Kombat. So that was really cool to see. And the Savage Starlight, i I think it would have been interesting to maybe throw just like one DC comic in there, but I feel like the Savage Starlight comics are so tied in with the game's DNA that they had to put that in the show because one of the trophies in, in the game is to collect all of the Savage Starlight comics all together. So that's probably why they didn't change that. But it would have been cool that maybe throw like a Superman or like a Batman comic in there, or maybe Wonder Woman. No, no, Just no. Ellie we no? all know Ellie's
0: <laughs> love for space would make her a Green Lantern fan. Yeah. That's
1: true. Yeah. Okay, okay. I like that. Yeah. I you know, honestly. Martian I, Manhunter. Ah, uh, yeah, Martian Manhunter. Yeah, Green Lantern w- would have been cool too, for sure. I think that would have made probably the most sense for sure. But yeah, I just I, I love how they're able. Just the small little details. Even the uh, the Dawn of the Wolf um, poster shows up in this episode, and that was in the game. And Joel's like, oh, you know, it was just like a stupid dumb team movie. But like, it shows up, and there's all these cool little things in Ellie's room that you can kind of pick apart. And it's it, the attention to detail in this episode is just phenomenal. It is perfect. Everything down to the last minute detail.
2: <laughs> okay, Homelander. <Perfect>. <laughs> <Ay, ay, ay. laughs> she, she could have had a boys comic. That would
1: have been cool. Yeah? Oh, the boys. The boys, Umbrella Academy, Invincible. Hey, I'm, I'm, I'm sure she's got a few stashed away. But I'm surprised we didn't see, like... Anyone I want like you guys place. to remember. <laughs> I want you
0: to remember that the la- that you know since they moved, uh, breakout day. A lot of these comics do not exist.
1: That <laughs> is, is true. true. <laughs> they did, yeah, the, yeah. They moved it for. I keep forgetting that they moved it for the show, and yeah, yeah I totally keep forgetting that, that 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 was the thing, which shows how inconsequential it was. But <laughs> you know, it, there, there's a lot of um. You know, there's still. Kind of uh, planting the seeds for uh, part two when when they uh, adapt part two for season two of The Last of Us, since that has been greenlit altogether um, with the dinosaurs and the moon and space and all that stuff. But yeah, it's it's phenomenal altogether. But did you guys have any other uh, final spoiler thoughts before we get into our final thoughts here altogether?
2: Yeah, I was going to say the one, the only real issue I have with this episode is, is the ending because it's basically the same ending as the last episode. You don't, nothing really changed as far as like the situation we're in. I would have, I, I kind of wish they would have given us a little bit of a hint as to where we're going next. Cause there is only two episodes left and like, there's a lot, a lot to happen in these next two episodes.
1: See, yeah. I was watching Chris Duckman's review and he said the same thing. Um, I don't, Not that there isn't a lot left, but the fact that we already got like two episodes that were like an hour and 20 minutes, I feel as if nine episodes is fine. Like they could cover depending on how long the episodes are. I'm pretty sure next week's episode is definitely going to be one of the longest. Like there's a lot that happens because we are still in the, you know, Joel is still immobilized and there's a lot that happens while Joel is um, still, you know, down or immobilized altogether. But I feel like, yeah, because not that there isn't an enough, like, we are getting to the end. Like, the meat and potatoes portion really is with David, which we saw in the preview. Um, but there is still one character that I'm still waiting to pop up. Who hasn't popped up yet and I'm trying to figure out when they're gonna pop up but we'll figure it out I sure in the knows, spoiler but.
0: section do you want to tell us what character you're thinking
1: of um should we I'll see okay so I wasn't sure I know we're in the spoiler section but there's also like okay, uh, t- gotcha
0: show spoilers game spoilers are different things got it I yeah
1: it. yeah just j- just just to yeah, I mean, for for games, obviously, but yeah, it's 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 a bit touchy. We can talk about it after, but I'm sure That's Mike awesome. knows who I'm talking about. But <laughs>
0: <laughs> there's two episodes left, and while yeah, there's a lot to cover, I want everybody to kind of just remember how the pacing of this show is working. Like there, the last portion of the game feels significantly longer than it actually is because of the gameplay aspect. Gameplay, right? Once you take that away, it's. I think it's manageable to do in in two episodes time.
1: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. And especially with all the gameplay or major sequences that they didn't really cover in this game where obviously, you know, you meet the bloater in while you're in Bill's town when Bill is alive. So that doesn't happen, but you know, it is what it is. I, I think they've done a great job with it so far, but yeah, there's a lot of like crazy action sequences That obviously they had to cut out because when you're playing a game, most of the players time is during gameplay, you know, like you have the story there, which is great, but in order to flesh out the characters, you, you can't really do that in a video game medium, unless it's one of those like Wolf Among Us or Beyond Two Souls type of video games where it's literally just all dialogue and you know, they are just trying to tell an actual story. There is no real gameplay. It's, it's the point and click method, but obviously within the last of us, most of the time you are playing the game. So I do agree, Mike, you know, if, if you take out the, the action sequences, they can definitely do it in two episodes for sure. But I think next, next week's is gonna, yeah, it's, it's going to rock, I feel like. And I'm very interested to see um, you know, what pops up. Obviously, we have Troy Baker coming into the mix. If you watch the um, preview, he is the not only the host of the official HBO podcast, but he does voice and mocap Joel in The Last of Us video games, uh, part one and part two. So very excited to see him on screen. And yeah, yeah still waiting for that other person to to pop up but we'll see (laughs) (laughs) we'll see i'm like what is this gonna happen but let's get into our final thoughts and ratings um here Devin. what are your final thoughts on this week's episode then we'll go to mike and then i will close out
2: yeah final thoughts it was definitely interesting to to watch this unfold without having played the dlc it was definitely a nice little nice little side quest for us here get some mimpo and Ellie. get some some new blood in Riley. Unfortunately, it doesn't end as well for her, but um, I'd say it, um, I'd say generally it probably was the weakest episode so far. That's not to say it's bad, but just from what we've gotten so far, this one isn't quite at the, the level of the other ones, but still very good, and no real complaints other than the ending for me.
1: Okay. Mike, what about you?
0: Yeah, I agree with Devin there. Um, as far as episodes like ranking them it's probably would be at the bottom but that's no disrespect to how good this episode is uh, that just kind of speaks to how strong the show has been up to this point um re- regarding the the ending there i totally get it i do like the theme though of like joel is trying to force ellie to just move on without him and like the central theme is she's not going to leave anyone else behind and so i think that kind of plays mm. into into that really well. Maybe we should have tweaked the ending of last week's episode. Cause I think the payoff for that uh, thesis being in this one makes way more sense. Uh, but that's a totally different conversation. I feel like uh, left behind though is a fantastic episode of the last of us. It was nice getting a change of pace, uh, allowing Bella Ramsey to spread her wings a bit and be the driving force behind the show. Um, and just proving again that she, along with Pedro Pascal is the beating heart of this story and it's just really good to give the man a break like he literally just got to lay in bed for, <laughs> for the entirety
1: of the episode. Yeah, I'm sure he lo-
2: I'm sure he loved this this section of the shooting for for the show. Especially right.
1: Storm Reed. She's like, "Oh, I only got to come in for one." Okay, like let's go.
0: Yeah, and she, she ends up being one of the best characters in the whole dang series. Oh yeah.
1: <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And w- w- one real quick thing, and I'll let Mike finish up. I really like yeah. the one thing that we have not seen and probably will never see is the turning of Riley. We don't see that in the game during uh, The Last of Us or The Left Behind DLC. And we don't see it in the show either. We just, you know, presume obviously Riley was bitten. We don't know how long it took her to uh, turn. But, you know, this. It's I think it's safe to say that Ellie had to kill Ellie had to kill Riley altogether because I
2: mean, mean, what if what if Ellie's kiss kind of transferred her magic powers over and they're both still alive? How about that?
1: (laughs) Okay, now we're going down the Reddit. We're going down the Reddit hole.
0: Yes, it's very Reddit. Can you imagine if Riley shows up in The Last of Us Part
1: 3?
2: Yes. (laughs) We're
0: writing it
1: right now. (laughs) We technically never saw a body.
0: (laughs) No, but I I think that's very interesting to your point, though. Um, So a couple episodes back, remember Ellie reveals to Joel that she has killed someone before. And leaving this episode kind of open-ended in that way, are we to assume that she was talking about Riley, or was she talking about the stalker she had to drive her shiv through?
1: Well, does she consider, and I guess another question for that would be, do people in this world consider those who are infected people anymore after they turn? Right. Because it is obviously, you know, still the same body, but you know, little maimed and transformed, but that person is essentially gone. But then again, you also had with, um, with Sam and my God, I'm Henry, Henry sorry. With Sam and Henry, where Henry was... I mean, not Henry, but Sam was still deaf after he turned. He was
2: still in there, and that's the most depressing part of the episode.
1: Yeah. So I I, I don't really know, but I think it is safe to say, considering how there was no one else around (laughs) during that portion that Ellie had to kill Riley. For sure. But I'm sorry, I did not mean to hijack. Mike, continue with your final thoughts, and then I'll get mine.
0: No, that was that was pretty much it. Um, it was a really great episode. I just feel really bad uh, that Ellie, her the best day of her life, was also one of the worst days of her, of her life in that yeah. moment. And that just, it's awful. It just sucks. Like, these two girls can't even have fun at the mall for a day. That's how messed up this universe <laughs> is
1: first date gone wrong <laughs> literally but yeah for my uh final thoughts they pretty much echo both Mike's and devins where um, I, I don't know I don't know if I can ever rank these these episodes but I really liked what I saw and I was just giddy the entire time you know I a- any time like it's like when when Bella had like this big grin of a smile on her face it was like you could just and you could tell how much she was just so giddy and just so innocent in that moment to be like, Hey, I'm going to the mall with my best friends who I haven't seen in about three weeks. who I thought that was dead, but you know, nothing can go wrong. You know, it's me and Riley. We're fine. We're protected. And then obviously things hit the fan, but overall every episode has just been so consistent. Like obviously there hasn't been a single bad episode when it comes to, I guess you know, calling it the weakest episode, I think it was just the most coming from obviously us who have played the games. We we already know what's going to happen, so we're just interested to see how things are going to play out. But overall, I I loved it. Like I I love. Every, I'm sure I'm going to love every single episode. They continually just blow me away with the the small little changes that they make to fit this for a new medium. And I hope other. Video game adaptations and heck, even live action animated adaptations uh, do the same thing because, you know, with, with with the right team behind a certain project, you can make something truly special. And, you know, it's easily probably going to be one of my uh, one of my favorite TV shows of the year um, when it comes to adaptations, video games. Absolutely. One of the best out there. Um, but, yeah, it's it, it was a great episode. I can't wait for next week's and yeah, the penultimate episode is coming. And with all that said, I'm going to pass it over to Mike. So he can let you know where to find him on the internet and what is coming up for him on his respective outlets. So Mike, take it away.
0: Yeah. Thank you guys so much for having me back. It's always a, a pleasure talking the last of us with you guys. As for me, You can find me at Novice Cinephile just about everywhere on social media. TikTok, YouTube, Twitter, Instagram. It's The Novice Cinephile. Um, You can also check out our podcast, The Chatter After, wherever you get your podcasts. But specifically on YouTube, Uh, we're doing The Last of Us every single Tuesday live. Tuesday nights, we're doing Beyond the Clickers at 8.30 Eastern, 7.30 Central. So make sure you stop by, say hi, let us know your thoughts on the show and over at Collider.com, every single week, I'm doing Easter egg breakdowns for The Last of Us. One of my favorites this week was Macho Nacho, which is a fun nod between uh, Left Behind and Uncharted 4, because we learned that Elena works at Macho Nacho, which is cool. Unfortunately, yeah. <laughs> the freaking Tom Holland movies ignore Elena, so we're never going to get that reference.
2: I, just, uh, I hope, I hope was, you didn't just say movies plural, because... We don't need
0: another one. Oh, it's, it's definitely coming. That movie made a decent amount of money at the box office. So it's going to oh happen. boy. <laughs> but yeah, you can find me novice in the file everywhere and the chatter after.
1: All right. Thank you for that, Mike. And you can also find all of Mike's information in the episode notes of this podcast in the description below. And with all that said, that is a wrap on today's episode. If you like what you heard on today's episode, please subscribe to our podcast on your favorite podcast platform of choice. And make sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at FilmOptics. That is Optics with an X to stay in the know. And remember to always share an episode of our podcast with a friend, whether it be your mother, your brother, or your significant other. Make sure to share an episode other Thumb Optics podcasts with a movie lover in need and now let's take a sneak peek at what's coming up on the show so what's on deck for our show we have episode 8 of The Last of Us they will be hitting next week and we also are going to be covering Creed 3 and Scream 6 and there, there's a lot of movies in March um, just to let everyone know it is it is Actually, kind of scares me. Like, I don't think we've had this much content hit in March since, like, I think it was 2021 when Zach Snyder's Justice League hit theaters or hit HBO Max, not theaters. Could not watch that in the theater. But we have the Mandalorians coming out. We're going to be covering that. Creed 3, Scream 6, 65, the movie. Uh, we have the Last of Us uh, pr- uh finale, and the Oscars are going to be on the same night. Shazam 2, John Wick 4, Succession, the d and movie, Ted Lasso. There's a lot happening in March. We're not going to be able to get to everything, but we're going to try to get to the things that we want to cover for you guys. So definitely just keep a lookout for us on Twitter for all of that jazz. That was just not saying we're going to cover all that. Well, we might, I don't know. Cause we're a little crazy over here, but what is out now for you to listen to, you can listen to our cocaine bear review, a spoiler free review that me and Devin covered together, as well as our Ant-Man quantum mania review. And you can listen to our episodes one through six reviews where we talk about the last of us every single week for you guys. So with all that said again, thank you all for listening. And remember if you enjoy the show, Leave us a five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify and follow us on Twitter and Instagram to stay in the know. That was Devin and Mike signing off, and we'll see you guys in the next one.
2: Peace. Adios.